Spooky greetings, everybody. Thanks for stopping by and listening to Paranormal Prowlers podcast. The tunes that you just heard is courtesy of the lovely Bobby Mackey. And I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. I know many are home right now, and that's why I made it one of my goals with this podcast to find neat guests to be on and just share their stuff. And I know I've been doing that since the beginning, but that's why it's like so constant, so many in a row. Do you or someone you know have something spooky to share? I'd love to hear about it. Throw an email my way at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. This week, I have AJ Capasso joining me. AJ is from Weathersfield, Connecticut, and is the founder of Coventry Circle Paranormal. He is here to share some of his phenomenal experiences and encounters that he has had. AJ Capasso, thank you so much for stopping by. Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being on here, and I just appreciate everything you do. Hey, pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much. I appreciate you as well, and I'm looking forward to our conversation about all things paranormal. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Now, AJ, you know, at a very young age, you had the special ability to see spirits. I mean, that to me is phenomenal. Talk a little bit about the first time this happened and what was going through your mind as it was taking place. It's weird because when I was younger, I would literally, every time I'd go to sleep at night, I I would hate the nighttime. I wasn't like scared of the dark, but I knew every time that there was always somebody or something in my room that would come and stand over my bed and, and just sit there. And I, I would just hide under my covers as a little kid and just, you know, pray to myself, like, please let this go away. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't really until I was a little bit older, maybe around like six or seven-ish, I was over at my aunt's house and there was these two kids and they told me that they were the nephew and niece of my aunt's boyfriend at the time, Tony. And we would play together and they would never be around when other parents are around or like my aunt or my her boyfriend would be around. I never would pay attention to that. And all of a sudden, I remember the last time I saw them, they said to me, let's play hide and seek. And then you'd be the person that seeks. And I counted and I went to go find them. And as I'm looking through the house, my uncle comes up to me at the time and he goes, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm playing hide and go seek with your niece and nephew. And he looked at me and he said, niece and nephew. He said, I don't have a niece and nephew. And then when we were driving out the out of the house that day, um, I saw them playing in the yard together, the, the two kids playing in the yard together, and nobody else saw them. And then that was when I realized, oh, my God, I saw something that's not really there. And as it progressed, as I got older, things started to happen more, and it started to click even more. And then obviously these past things started to come back up, and I started to remember, oh, my gosh, you know, this has been happening forever. So... That is eerie, and first of all, sorry you went through that as a kid where you were, like, terrified to go to sleep just because there you could literally see somebody standing there. That must have been super, super eerie, and unfortunately, I'm not saying in your case, but a lot of the times, you know, kids will try to relay the info or what happened to their parents, and their parents are just like, oh, it's an imaginary friend, or oh, you have quite the imagination, or it's a movie you saw and you're just reliving it. And, you know, and I don't know if that was in your case or if you try to tell your your parents or anything that that had happened. But, 
Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was, it was always a bad dream. Always a nightmare or something. They, yeah. would, they would push it off to be, you know? Right, and I think it's like... Some people are just like, I don't know it, I don't understand it, so I'm just going to say it's something else. And it's easy to just kind of wipe it under the mat and say that's what it is. And so with these two children, how did they look? Like, obviously, you thought they were real children to the point where they weren't, like, translucent or misty or anything. Like, literally full-bodied apparitions. Were they friendly with you what were their do you remember what their names were or how they looked and like how they dressed like did they dress like maybe in a different time or something no that's the weird part they didn't dress in a different time they dressed just like how i dressed they were Mm. completely solid they were just regular looking human beings to me i mean they looked absolutely no different than than the 90s i mean this was in back in the 90s when this happened so you know what the 90s clothing was back then i mean that's really what they were wearing the same thing as me so that's why i didn't even put two and two together until Obviously, it came to the forefront, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, they weren't really there. What was I seeing, you know? Right, and it makes you wonder, like, what happened to them, you know? Like, since they were dressed in your time, and nothing was, like, suspicious or anything, you just thought that, okay, it's weird that they're not around when grown-ups are around, but besides that, you know, they're kids. They're not, you know, showing me any harm or disrespect, so whatever but it makes you wonder like what happened to them you know like did they die along that area or you know missing children or exactly the the thing that got me when i got older was they said that they were my uncle's nieces and nephew now my uncle never and my uncle at the time never had any niece or nephews never even had a wife or anything or a sister or brother that would have had kids or anything along those lines because they were still really young at the time but it's like now that I got older and I do the paranormal, I'm starting to think to myself, why would these two spirits lie to me and say that? Were they really children or were they a negative entities trying to, you know, lie to me and tell me something different so that I believed or allowed them in, you know, as a child and gave my trust to them so that I would keep trusting them the more I would see them. I really don't know because, like I said, I never got to go back to that house again. I never did see them again since that one day when it all came to the forefront but you know it's weird to think about now that I'm older and I'm in the paranormal I you know I do that as a field and it's just it's crazy to think about that that could have actually been it may it could have not have been children it may could have been you know a negative entity or something trying to stir me in the wrong direction I, I would have never even known right and you know the investigator in me thinks that like I don't know it's weird like maybe did you have like did you just have that one uncle? I know he wasn't like by blood uncle, but did did you have like maybe another uncle or maybe like a great uncle or somebody that you, you hadn't, I don't know. It's just weird that that would be the case or like, you're right. Maybe they could have been like these like shapeshifters or not even children at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I didn't have any other uncles that had children or anything like that. None that were like deceased at all. Yeah. Um, or anything that happened in the family that I would have known of. So, I was, like I said, I was just completely shocked. I mean, I mean, it was so weird because they looked to me like little children, like I, like my friends. Like, didn't even think any different. The girls had short brown hair. I mean, the kid had, you know, short, darker brown hair. They were brother and sister. They looked alike. It wasn't like they looked different. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, the way they were dressed, they were dressed just like me. And they were just like, hey, let's play. And we would play for hours, you know, when nobody was around. And then I would, now that I look back, I'm like, well, every time somebody would come around, they would leave the room or they would do something and I wouldn't even, you know, think about mentioning to them because they're the niece and nephew. Everybody knows who they are, you know? So 
you know, it was kind of looking back at it, I, I could see now when they disappeared and when they came back and when I was able to see them and when others weren't able to see them. And it's, you know, it's it's amazing to have a gift like that, but when you're so young and you don't have any guidance in it, it's so scary. Right. It's like your mind can't comprehend it, like, because you're so young and you're just kind of like, yeah. what's happening? You know, it's like exciting, but also scary. And yeah. it, it's like, I know I've talked with a lot of people that have had this gift, but again it's like you know tv or imaginary friend and it kind of makes them question their sanity you know at a young age it's like you shouldn't have to do that you know but i think more and more people are growing more accepting of it and that's awesome so aj besides seeing the spirits you also were able to hear the spirits i mean what would they say and i know with the children the two children that we just talked about, obviously it was clear and you were able to understand them, but were there other times in different instances when it was like unintelligible or you just kind of decipher it? A lot of the times I would decipher it. A lot of the times it would help come to me also in visions as well as um, a voice. Um, like the most prevalent voice that I've ever heard was I had a uncle, great uncle, and his wife, my great aunt, she had a stroke and she passed She passed out and by the time the ambulance got there, it was like five minutes. She was ended up being almost brain dead. Oh. But they brought her in, put her on life support. And at the time I was working at the bank, I was a little bit older, I was in teenage years, I was able to work and um, I went to go visit them and when I came downstairs to go get something to eat before I was gonna leave, I hear a voice say to me, Anthony, as I'm eating, like loud as clear as day for me and you talking, and it was a male voice, really prevalent, and I, I looked up, and I didn't see anybody around me besides this Indian lady that was sitting in front of me looking at me like I was a complete weirdo, because I looked like somebody just called my name twice, and then all of a sudden I heard the voice in my ear, and it just said, Anthony, I need you to go upstairs, I need you to lay your hands on your aunt, and I need you to pray over her, and if there is any time to believe, now is the time. So I went upstairs, and I literally just gave my life to Christ at 16, I was just going down a wrong path, I decided to get my life to Christ, and that introduced the laying hands and prayer and everything like that. So I go upstairs and I, I ask my family, my whole family denies Christ and doing all that, praying, besides my uncle, and my uncle says yes, and we go in the room, and I told him exactly what I heard, and I said, if there's any time to believe, now is the time, so I put my hand on her, we held hands, I bowed my head, I prayed. And when I opened my eyes, there was a nurse in the room, and which was weird about the nurse being in the room was I shut the door and it clicked when it shut, so you would hear it open. Well, we never heard any door open when we were sitting there and I was praying and I was the only one speaking. We never heard any sounds or anything, and when we opened our eyes, there was a nurse in the room and she winked at me. And I never saw this lady ever again, but the next day, my uncle said that he saw her as she passed the room as he got the news that my aunt was going to pass away. She had 5% brain activity. They were going to give her morphine and they were going to let her pass away. Mm. But as she passed the room, she winked at him again and he reminded of the wink that happened in the room when we opened our eyes. And all of a sudden, the doctor put the needle in, went to go give her the morphine. As he put his thumb on the, on the end of the syringe to give her the morphine, she woke up and started to speak. Within three days, she walked out of the hospital 100%, like nothing ever happened. And the doctors to this day have no idea how she ever did that. What? And yeah, it was unbelievable. She lived for another like 10, 11 years. Oh, she oh was my. a heavy smoker, heavy smoker. Wow. That is just mind-blowing. That is phenomenal. That's yeah. quite the 
happy ending. I mean, I was expecting her to just like, you know, you to say that she passed, but I mean, literally with just a second to spare, there she yeah. is awake all of a sudden. You said 5% brain activity at that point? Yeah. Yep. The doctors <laughs> at Yale New Haven Hospital in Connecticut, they have no idea how how she even came out of it. They told my uncle there was absolutely no way of her coming out of this. And they, they were so stumped when she came out of it. They didn't want her to leave the hospital after three days, even though she was doing so good, because they were so afraid that, like, a massive heart attack was going to come. And when it didn't come, they were, like, completely, like, where did the blockage go? You know, where did all the um, all the stuff that was going on in her body at the time? Like, I mean, when I went in to go see her, she literally was skeleton and bone. There was, the skin was just hanging off of her body. Like, and for her to hop back up, you know, and be 100% from that was just, I mean, it, even to this day, I mean, my uncle, the uncle that I'm talking about recently just passed away. And before he passed away, he called me up and he said, Anthony, out of my whole life, and he was like 90 years old, and he goes, out of my whole life, that one day is the only day I will never forget. He goes, that's the one day that God did something for me that I can never forget. And I was just very shocked. And a couple other times that I've heard stuff like that, um, mostly would be, I was in a band and I, I sang and played guitar for like 10 years and I would get song songs that would come in my head and that would they would teach me how to play these songs. Like I would get a chorus in my head and I would have the words already done in my head. I would have the, the guitar parts done in my head. And the weird thing about me is I taught myself guitar. I don't know how to read a note. I don't know how to do anything, but I can play you a song, no problem. I can sing you a song, no problem. But I've never had that, you know, that learning thing where I can tell you what note I'm playing or tell you what key I'm in or anything along those lines. And it was weird because I was able to be in a band, open up for Ludacris, The Used, 30 Seconds to Mars, 97 Fold, and all these great places. And it was all through spirit, I believe, that gave me the ability to do that because they were literally telling me, waking me up out of sound sleep and telling me what to get up and play, which was just, I still to this day, it awes me. And every time it happens, I'm like, I get so excited now because I'm like, oh my God, I can hear you, you know? It's it's really cool when it happens. It just, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, it's, it's very fascinating. Uh, yeah, fascinating to say the least. That's an understatement, I believe. I mean, and that's so neat that you're so passionate about it, that you still get so excited about it to this very day and don't take it for granted and just no. super appreciative. And I just, that's refreshing to see. So good for you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at age 12, your grandpa passed away in your arms Something phenomenal happened at, during this time. Can you share with us what happened? Yes. So my grandfather, he was 54 years old. His name was Tony DeFrancesco, and he was probably one of the most faithful person I've ever met. And he ended up getting lung cancer in 99. And by 2001, he took off his last, the, the Christmas right before uh, 2001 began, he took off his chemo because he wanted to feel good for the holidays and the cancer ended up coming back and by Martin Luther King Day, he had about a week left to live and mm. the doctors told him that and he was devastated. I mean, he would come to us and obviously cry to us and, and try to get his last words and everything and the last day he was with us, he didn't he didn't wake up that Wednesday and I got pulled out of school and, you know, got there and he was in his bed and obviously, you know, hospice made him feel comfortable and everything as he was getting ready to go. And my aunt had her two dogs on the on the little porch area that they had right outside their room on their condo. 
and we had like maybe 14 people in the room. It was getting closer to the afternoon. We knew that my grandfather was not going to live much longer. Everybody was in the room saying their goodbyes, saying their last things to him. And all of a sudden, he took one last breath and he inhaled. And when he inhaled, two cardinals landed on the deck and they looked up at the sky and they started to sing as loud as they could. And the two dogs looked up at the sky and they started to howl as loud as they could possibly howl, like if they were howling at a moon. And they did it in unison. And everybody in the whole room just turned, stared at them. And then the minute my grandfather took his last breath and he let out his last gasp, the bird stopped, looked, and then literally flew away. And the dogs stopped barking, looked at us, came inside, ran around the bed, ran to him, sat next to his side for a couple minutes. And everybody just didn't know what to do. And then later on in that day, everybody left and obviously the body still had to stay there until somebody would come and pick it up and get it ready for the funeral and all that. And so I decided to walk back into the room by myself. I was only 12 and I decided to walk back in. I was still, I guess, in shock, kind of not really understanding what had happened, but kind of. And I'm in the room and my grandfather was into drum corps and he would conduct a drum corps and everything. So I gave him the last salute to salute him off to heaven. And when I did that, all of a sudden, the candles in the room that were lit around him started to go absolutely nuts. Like the wind picked up or something. It was crazy, but there was no wind. And the closet door started to shake as if somebody was behind it banging on the door. And I just remember getting kind of scared and like running out of the room. But now that I look back on it, you know, it was like him, his way of saluting back to me saying, I'm okay now. You know, and it was it was cool to know that later on in life. But yeah, I've had some weird things happen to me like that, which a lot of spiritual stuff has followed me my whole life. And you know, I'm grateful for it. I really am. I just wish I didn't take me so long to realize all of it. You know, I wish I knew it when I was like first born, and then I could appreciate it my whole life. You know, but yeah. I'm glad that I got to learn as much as I as I have gotten to learn in 30 years, and I hope that I get to learn more and see more. So, right, absolutely, and I think that we continue to learn as the years pass, you know, just like each investigation I go to, I try to learn something, you know, and of I think course. you just get better and better. No, I'm the same way. And you know, what's crazy is they say that, um, mediums say that when we come back to this earth, they say that we come, mediums say that when we, when we die, we basically come back to this earth. If we haven't fulfilled what we needed to fulfill on this earth prior, whatever lesson we needed to learn, so if we're coming back to earth like that and we're constantly needing to know all this stuff, all we have is the spirit world to guide us in certain directions to get to those goals we need to get to because when we come here, it's like our memory is wiped slate clean and we can't even remember, you know, what we needed to do. And I think that a lot of things like I am, you know, I, I believe in the Bible, I believe in, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I, I, all that stuff, but I believe in spirit guides and I believe that we have guides that are with us that will guide us in the directions we need to go to learn these certain paths so that we don't have to come back and that our soul can be enlightened. And after watching a couple of mediums and them talk about it, it's really fascinating to think about that. Like, you know, we go through our lives and if we knew, like me and you are, are, are known to the paranormal now where we know the paranormal, we can identify it when it happens. But when we first were born, obviously we couldn't. And it would be amazing if we were, we had that gift and ability so that we could fulfill 
our destiny on this time on earth so that we didn't have to ever come back and do it all over again. So that's why when I learned that, I always said to myself, I want to learn and experience as much as I possibly can, good or bad, so that I can maybe fulfill whatever it is that I have to fulfill so that my soul can move up higher into enlightenment and I don't have to come back down here again and deal with the pain and heartache of being you know, here. Something fascinating to think about. Not, don't know if obviously it's true because I'm not dead yet, but something fascinating to think about. No, it is, absolutely. And there is this one book. I, I believe that, like, when we when we die, and obviously this is just speculation, but I would like to believe that there's people there on the other side waiting for us, you know, whether it's your mom or dad or somebody who's passed and, oh, I truly believe it. I truly 100% yeah. believe that. It's neat. There's one book that somebody told me I had to read, and it was after a really good friend of mine passed away at 19 in a horrible car accident. And oh, I was just, thanks. Yeah, it was really rough. But, you know, I was having such a hard time with it. People sometimes think, like, you know, you are in the paranormal field. You should be used to death. But I think, like, I'm extra sensitive because of it. And so when somebody in my life dies, I just like, I know that they're not here physically anymore, but I know that they're here spiritually, but just the fact that they're not here and we can't create new memories, it just really kills me. And so it, it just like, you know, it really is a hard pill to swallow. And so this book was introduced to me and it was called 90 minutes in heaven. And I believe the author is Don Piper and it was such a neat book because it was based on like true events. This man, yeah. he was killed in this horrible car accident. They had to get the jaws of life to get him out of the car. I think it was like it happened on a bridge or something. And it was the worst case scenario, basically. And he said that when he went up to heaven, that he was introduced, he saw his dog again. He saw his, his family and like, you know, his favorite teacher and, you know, whatever. And he said that it was such a warm, happy feeling and that he was sad that he wasn't going to be with his wife and children anymore, but he was just, this was a whole new life. This was a whole new beginning. And then after 90 minutes, they were able to get him alive again. And to me, that was just, yeah, 90 minutes. That's an hour and a half. That's crazy to even like fathom, you know, but they were able to do it. And so that was really neat because it wasn't like, Oh, you were like, you know, hallucinating. You were like doing some shrooms and you were like hallucinating this. No, this was you. He literally died. And this is what he experienced and encountered. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, he's back alive talking about it. So I thought that was kind of really neat because it was from somebody who actually died and was able to come back and talk about it. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. And I think a lot of cases that of people having like near death experiences and people who have died and came back, I believe a lot of them because if you look at a lot of cases and you, you look at the similarities in a lot of them, they're not all the same, and but they all have similarities. So it's like something they're seeing is really happening, and it's not a joke. You know, it's not something that is just like an imagination. It's something real, and I truly believe that. I truly believe that. You know, everybody has obviously their own experience when they die, but I believe there's similarities in the in those experiences. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... AJ, when you were a child, we're going back to childhood again. I know so many things have happened, but you happened to overhear a conversation between your mother and a psychic that she was going to see. And 
It sounds like it was a very interesting conversation. Can you kind of relay what that was about? Yes. So um, I have two stepbrothers, and one of my brothers is named Christopher, and he's the youngest. And when my grandfather passed away, he had to be maybe like two or three years old. This is the grandfather that I'm talking about that died of cancer. Yeah. He would talk in his sleep, and he loved the drum corps like my grandfather did and I did. And I would always hear him talking in his sleep. Well, one day I went to a psychic with my mother, and the psychic out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere, out of the whole conversation, she goes, you have a son that at nighttime your father visits him and is teaching him how to conduct the drum corps show. You need to have your son conduct the drum corps show. And she said, he's talking to him every night. And it stuck with me. So when I walked into the room that night, I heard him talking. And I started to listen to what he was talking about. And it freaked me out because I personally believe that he was talking to my grandfather. A couple months after that happened, there was a major drum corps show that my grandfather was going to be honored at. And he was my brother, Christopher, at three years old was asked to conduct the entire drum corps show in front of like 10,000 people. And the kid got up there and he did it and he looked exactly like my grandfather. And nobody ever taught this kid how to conduct. At three years old, he got up and conducted the whole thing. And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Anthony, she goes, your grandfather's standing behind him right now. I could see him. And it blew me away. It totally blew me away because it started to just bring back all the conversations that I would hear him have in his sleep. And I, you know, I just think they're gibberish. I think they're nothing because everybody sometimes talks in their sleep. But he was having full-blown conversations. And it's weird because when I ask him about it today, he doesn't have a recollection of it. But it's wow. amazing how when we're younger, we have, the, we have that ability. See, that is so heartwarming. And that is so neat that this medium was able to talk to your mom and relay this very special message. I mean, you know... Two, two or three years old doing this that and then your grandma saying I'm seeing him right there so it's like that's awesome that that happened but that's also super awesome that he was there watching his grandson do this phenomenal thing that he was supposed to be a part of and he really he was a part of it. I think that is so special when you're talking about it I was getting chills running up and down my back my arms and my legs it's like <laughs> That's awesome. I love those kind of stories that, you know, they're just so sweet and heartwarming. And I was talking to the this mother and daughter from California on another episode, and they were talking about like special heartwarming things with their family, you know, spirits coming through. And they brought up a good point that paranormal is not always scary. People always tend to think, oh, it's always scary and spooky. And no, sometimes it's grandma coming to say hi. Sometimes it's, you know, you're, you know, just different things like that. And yeah, you get scary, but you also get the super heartwarming and genuine and sweet things too. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of the media is what focuses on paranormal being so dark and horror is all yeah. the film and everything that comes, out, which kind of stinks because yeah, there is scary parts of the paranormal, but there's a lot more loving and warm parts to it that people don't understand. And I think that the more that this gets out there and the more that people start to learn the paranormal I think they'll understand that it's not all scary it's not all demons it's not all you know like things out there to get you it's Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's people you know it's regular people that are looking to either get crossed over go home or are stuck or they're there to help you and they just are looking for someone to listen to them because no one's there you know so I 
Right. I don't know. You know? No, absolutely. And I think that I always like to have the example of sharks. You know, they're beautiful creatures. They're they're gorgeous. They're very misunderstood. And yep. and it I mean there's been so many cases where people are in the water with them and they don't even know they're there, you know, or they're exactly. swimming with the yeah. sharks. It's so rare for an attack to happen, but when it does happen, the media just eats it up and goes oh my god you know and you know of course jaws didn't help i like the movie jaws but it also kind of demonized the sharks too you know but it's the same thing with the paranormal it's like don't demonize it it's just because it's not understood doesn't necessarily make it a horrible thing and so i think that's neat that you've had these super special encounters and it's neat that your that your little brother he was so young obviously that well yeah obviously i don't remember this happening but it took place and you stunned ten thousand people who were watching you you know and that's that yeah. is really cool yeah it was it was fascinating to watch i have to say yeah oh i bet i bet you were a super proud big brother at that moment <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, you know, AJ, you lived with your grandma for some time, and it turns out that her home was pretty paranormally active. What kind of strange happenings happened there? Oh, actually, it's like, what didn't happen there? <laughs> um, oh, boy. <laughs> I, like, I've had everything happen there that you could possibly happen to a person in the paranormal field, I personally believe. Okay, everything started to go kind of haywire for me when I got when I turned 16. I played with a Ouija board. I wasn't into the paranormal then. I, I knew about it. I knew the experiences I had, but I kind of shunned it away. And I went over to a friend's house, and she had a Ouija board and a bunch of friends. We got together. They started playing a Ouija board, and they got in contact with a spirit that said that it was a crippled boy that the mother killed him and that he was stuck in the house. So I put my hands on the board with my friend Eric, I kind of made some jokes saying that it was fake and that it was all, you know, nonsense. And I told them when the planchette was to move to pick pick our hands a little bit off of it so that our energy is still there, but our hands aren't on it so the planchette will move by itself. I didn't expect for it to move by itself, but it did. We lifted our hands up and the planchette moved to each letter by itself and we, our hands ended up being ice cold, which was just weird because we're holding it over a board. It shouldn't get ice cold, but... Um, later on, obviously, I realized that that's our energy being drained from the spirit. And this spirit was actually a negative spirit in disguise, and I believe that it followed me home. And the reason why I think that is because when I got back to my grandmother's house, I was cutting up strawberries, and I'm about to go into my room, and I'm downstairs in the kitchen, and I look up into my room, and the way that my room was set up, the moon would shine into my room, so I'd be able to see my room lit up a little bit. So I went to go walk up the stairs and I put my hand down like I would always do because my cat would run up behind me and I would feel her go up the stairs and watch her run onto the bed or whatever. So I put my hand down and I saw this mask go up the stairs that looked like a cat, but I didn't feel her. So I'm like, hmm. oh, I must have just missed her or whatever, no big deal. All of a sudden I look on my bed and I see this cat walking around on my bed, but I notice that there's something going on with her tail. It looks like a snake and it kind of looked like smoke almost. It didn't look real. Wow. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, this isn't my cat. So I walk into the room. It's pitch dark. I shut the door. It's on pitch dark. I'm walking around the room, and I can still see this black mass in the pitch dark circling my bed. I turn on the light. Nothing's there. I try to shrug it off. I sit down on the bed facing the wall, not towards my door, and I start to eat my strawberries. All of a sudden, I feel a finger. It felt like somebody licked their finger, 
and took it down the back of my neck. And I literally jumped off the bed and I was livid. I was like freaked out. All of a sudden I heard a couple scratches at the door. I'm like, okay, that's my cat. I walked over, I opened the door a little bit. The cat didn't run in. So I opened the door, there was no cat there. I'm like, okay, this is this is creepy. I shut the door again, I sat down, I started eating strawberries again. All of a sudden I heard scratching and knocking at the door again. So I walk over to the door and I open the door a little bit and I'm like, this gotta be my cat. All of a sudden I open the door a little bit, the cat doesn't come running in again. So I go to open the door. When I open the door, the cat is on all fours, literally in a pounced position. She's foaming from the mouth. Mm. Her eyes are wide open. And all of a sudden she darts into the room and she jumps on top of the bed and she's chasing this black mask around my bed. Now I can see this black mask all of a sudden as she's chasing it. And I watch her chase it around the bed, jump down and then fly underneath the wall and go through the wall. And she just stood at the wall, growling and hissing. And I had to literally force this cat away from the wall. Now, the one thing about my cat was, my cat was the kind of cat that you could torture it, and she would never scratch you. Yeah. Like, you could, she's the kind of cat that would roll over on her stomach and let you rub her belly for eight hours and not move. Like, she was that type of cat. She never, didn't even scratch my dog. Hmm. My dog used to corner her and almost want to bite her. Jeez. I mean, it was, she was that she was that lovely and like that. Like she never even I've never seen her since that day ever do that ever again. And it was so wild because after that I I got into the shower and all of a sudden this cold mass came over me while I was in the shower and I had to turn the heat all the way up. I mean, to the point where like you could see the water boiling, but I couldn't feel it on my body. And then after that, I started to, after those couple weeks after that, I started to have a mental breakdown where like everything started getting dark. I had depression for no reason, just negative thoughts, suicidal thoughts. It was just unlike me at all. And I couldn't snap out of it. I was lashing out at family. I was doing crazy things. And I realized I was taking risks that I would never take. And I realized, oh my gosh, I must have an attachment now from doing this. And it wasn't until later on that I realized this, but from that attachment, I think it opened up a connection to the other side that I wasn't ready for because from that day forward, things started to go crazy. And then when my grandfather passed away, who lived in the house with me, things just got even more crazy. And I think he was there to help that. But we would see, one time we saw a tomato can that was literally on its side not standing up, completely on its side, and it flew to where, say the top side is on the left, the bottom side is on the right, it flew to the left on its side, across the room, hit the wall while my whole family was in the kitchen and my uncle was walking up the stairs. It passed my uncle right in front of him before he, before he walked into it. It flew across the room, hit the wall, and everybody just looked and was like, oh my God, what happened? And my uncle was like, he was terrified because two seconds before this happened, my uncle, who's, who's my partner in the paranormal team, he can actually see spirits as well. Mm. He actually saw a man standing behind him downstairs that had a beard and glasses on downstairs in our basement, and he come, he was coming to run up the stairs, and then that's when the tomato can came flying across the room and almost hit him. And we've had some, some weird stuff happen. Um, let's see, the most prevalent thing that I've ever, most craziest thing that I've ever had happen there was I had my girlfriend at the time, she was living with us, and she believed in the paranormal, but she kind of didn't believe in the paranormal. Like an open-minded so, skeptic? 
Like an open-minded skeptic. Yeah. yeah. Very hard to please. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, I would always watch ghost shows. I saw like ghost adventures and, you know, paranormal walk down or whatever. And all, all, my door, we would start hearing stuff. Like we would start hearing like doors creaking open or walking on the hallway at nighttime. And she would always try to shrug it off like it was no big deal until it started to happen a little bit more. Then she started to get a little nervous. And all of a sudden I, I noticed a demeanor change in her where she started to get constantly tired every time she walked in my house. All she wanted to do was sleep hmm. and do all, you know, just not act like herself. It was really weird. So I didn't, I tried not to pay too much attention of it, but I, I started not sleeping that much at nighttime because of all the things that started to happen at nighttime between footsteps and knocking and just weird stuff. And all of a sudden, I finally fall asleep one night. It was for like maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And I, o I always sleep with the TV on, just something I do. And I fell asleep with the TV on. And when I woke up, the TV was on a complete blue screen that I'd never seen before. And so I sat up. I could see it through my blanket. When I sat up, there was a woman, a girl, standing at the foot of my bed, completely solid. I could not see through this woman. She had a white gown on. She was completely soaking wet. She had black hair running over her face. She looked like the girl from The Ring. Ooh. I'm not gonna lie. And she, with the energy in the room, was so electrified. I could feel every hair from my tip of my toe all the way to my head stand up. And the evil that was coming off of this spirit, you mm. could feel the hatred and everything coming off the spirit. But the weird part was, the spirit wasn't focused on me. The spirit was focused on my girlfriend who was laying next to me. And so I And I didn't pay too much attention to it. So what happened was I went to go grab my camera. When I went to go grab my camera. It was like a, a gust of wind took leaves, and she literally just disappeared. And I was just like, oh, my God. You know, like, what did I just see? You were just solid in front of me. I've never seen something solid just disappear like that. And I was just like so awe. And I, I woke her up, and she was like, Oh, you're just crazy, blah, blah, blah. Well, two weeks later, my grandmother comes running into my room. She goes, Anthony, the girl with the white gown is here. And I never told Ooh. her anything about it. Never told her anything about what I saw. She goes, Anthony, the girl with the white gown is here. She's back. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, the girl with the white gown. She goes, you saw somebody in your room. I know you did. She goes, because the way you were acting, she goes, and I just saw the girl. She's standing in our parlor right now. I come running downstairs, and obviously the girl disappeared before I got there, but my grandmother was freaked out, and she described this girl exactly how I described her, and she was like, she was solid as day. There was no seeing through her. And what's crazy is leading up to seeing this mass, which it gets worse after this mass, but leading up to it, it started out with just a, we were going to have my dog put to sleep one night because he was a diabetic and he wasn't doing that well. Mm. And the night before, night before we were going to put him to sleep, I heard a voice wake me up out of sleep. It was a girl's voice. And she said, Chico can't breathe. You need to get him out of, out of the room. So I felt the girl stand up, walk off the bed. I opened my eyes and I witnessed the girl open the door, let the two animals out. And then she closed the door behind her. She had a ponytail, everything. I could see her clear as day. I thought it was my girlfriend. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to make her mad. She's going to the bathroom. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to pretend like I'm sleeping right now. I'm going to roll into her spot. So when <laughs> she comes back, she's going to be so mad at me. So and I'll pretend like I'm sleeping just to mess with her. So I go to roll over to her spot and I roll into her. Mm. And I was freaking out. And then, yeah. like I said, two weeks later, two weeks later, this, this apparition happened. Well, a couple of weeks after that, 
I'm in my room and all of a sudden my girlfriend starts getting pains in her stomach and she's like not sleeping and she's just in agony for no reason. Now we didn't know if she was pregnant and maybe she was having something going on with it. We, we didn't, we really didn't know. Yeah. So we went, to, we went to the hospital, we got medication, we did everything we possibly could and all of a sudden uh, that night she fell asleep finally, they gave her some ambient, she fell asleep at home and I decided to rest my eyes for like a couple seconds and 40 minutes go by, I wake up. When I wake up, my room is pitch dark. Now my room is never pitch dark, I always have a TV on. My room is pitch dark. All of a sudden I feel somebody rocking back and forth next to me. I wake up, I turn the light on. My girlfriend's Indian style at the top of my head, sitting Indian style, looking up at the ceiling, rocking back and forth, speaking in tongues, a language I've never even heard of. Okay, I had to literally grab her, put her back into the bed, wake her up somehow, and she has no recollection of what was going on. And after that day, I knew that that spirit that was there, because it would always, after that day, when I saw it, it would always, you would see the wind go by my girlfriend's side where her clothes were, where she would sleep. And I just, all of a sudden, something clicked in my head, like, this spirit is trying to possess her, and I need to get her out of here. So after that day, I had to have her go back to her mother's house, and unfortunately, her mother didn't like me, so we ended up splitting up down the road because we weren't together anymore, but it was safer for her not to be at the house anymore because of how serious it was getting. It was like this spirit was either jealous or didn't like the fact that she was there with me. It wouldn't affect me, but it didn't like the fact that she was there with me, and I I never understood that. But I tried to get in contact with it through spirit boxes, through things to try and figure out what it was and everything. And every spirit that I've ever tried to contact always tells me, no, you cannot talk to her. So I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. But I tell you, from the experience I had, I'm almost kind of glad that I don't talk to this this entity. Incredible. Yeah, it really makes you wonder why she had this pure hatred for your then girlfriend that just blows me away and I mean even though you cared for her and wanted to be with her it was so huge of you to go I I'm gonna miss you but you can't stay here because this is horrible you know and it's like she was aware of what was happening but she didn't want to believe it because she was such a skeptic and You know, but, she was never awake. She was never awake for it to ha- anything really to happen. It was right. always me having the stuff happen to me. Jeez. And you know, so it was never like I could never catch anybody. Um, any, and I could never get her to see what I'm seeing. And it, that's the most difficult part about yeah. having a a gift is like when you see something and somebody else doesn't see it. You know. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've been there for sure. It's. Right. Yeah. So, you know, AJ, you are located in Weathersfield. Did I say that right? Weathersfield? Yeah, Weathersfield, Connecticut. Yep. Woohoo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if someone like me, a fellow paranormal investigator, was coming through and was looking for a good place to go investigate, which location would you recommend and why? Mm. That's kind of hard for me to answer, and the only reason why is because it all depends on the preference of the paranormal investigator. Me personally, right now, what I'm focusing on, I'm focusing on a lot of old burial grounds, and the reason why I do that is because I believe that there are spirits that follow their body for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a if there's some attachment to it, 
or what happens, but they follow them there from my research, what I found out, that they followed there and then they end up getting stuck. And I've been finding a lot of spirits that have been dying to cross over, have been asking for help at these cemeteries. So I've been going there to pray for them, to have them cross over. And luckily, with my research, I actually have been able to do that. Um, which has been fascinating. But there is a lot of places in Connecticut, a lot of historical places in Connecticut, um, like that place we just went to was Fort Griswold, the Battle of September 6, 17, I think it's 81 or 86, when the British invaded over here. Um, they have the Ebenezer, Ebenezer House, which is the house where they would bring the wounded soldiers and the dying soldiers and everything. Um, that's right there on Fort Griswold, which we're hoping to get into. We haven't yet, but there are so many historical places in Connecticut. Honestly, if you just came, you would have you would have a blast as a paranormal investigator because this is such an antique of a, of a of a town and of a state. Yeah, you know, Connecticut is definitely on my list of places to go to. I've been to almost every state in the United States and that is not one of them. So it's been on my oh, list wow. of places that, yeah, right. And, uh, I know I'm not too far from it when I'm here in North Carolina, not too terribly far anyways, but I'm with you. I, I love cemeteries, even just as a kid, I, I was such a huge fan of the graveyards and the cemeteries and just basically any burial ground possible. And wherever I go new places, I love to just explore the cemeteries and, just part of me is like, okay, I want to try to find like the oldest like headstone, you know, or the oldest yep. dates. And there's some people, there's some investigators who are just like, cemeteries aren't haunted, you know? And, you know, I've, I've gone to quite a few that are very active and I just, I'm a very open-minded paranormal investigator i just i think that every place has a story you know and whether it's a brothel an asylum where which is linked to thousands of deaths or a burial ground that has thousands of bodies i just think yeah. that it just depends where you go but i yeah. too enjoy going to cemeteries for sure you know what i found out is i found out that some of the older cemeteries like the really older ones have less spirits than the ones that are from newer age is what my research is finding out, which mm. is really weird. Yeah, I'm finding out that I'm getting more activity coming through a spirit box when I'm at a newer cemetery than when I'm at one from 1700. It's really, really bizarre. I don't understand why. I don't know what if there's a different connection, a different location. I'm not too sure, but it's really weird that I'm finding a lot of answers and questions or answers to my questions coming through the spirit box from places that you would never even think. But you know, like I said, like like everyone knows, spirits are all around us, you know, so. There's no doubt in my mind that that is absolutely true. I have had so many people pass on in, throughout my life, and there's so many times where I just feel that strong presence. And, yep. yeah, it's just an incredibly raw, amazing feeling for sure, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So, AJ, before we part ways, and you'll definitely have to be on again at some point, but how can people who want to hear more about your paranormal adventures, how can they find you on social media? Um, you can find us at Coventry Circle Paranormal on YouTube. That's Coventry Circle Paranormal. We're also on Facebook and also on Twitter. You can contact us at Coventry Circle Paranormal at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, come, come along for the journey. Come on our YouTube 
come check out some of the spirit box stuff we mostly focus on a lot of spirit box we do do obviously evps emf readings all that stuff but a lot of the stuff we do we like to focus on communicating with the spirits as best we can with different forms of spirit boxes and communications and itc so come along and join us Terrific. Before we end this, I I forgot to ask, but you just brought it up, EVPs, best kind of evidence out there. What are your, if you had to take three, what are your top three favorite EVPs that you've captured throughout the years? Well, one I just captured a couple weeks ago was my name, my, my first name being said. That was the coolest thing. And then right after my name was said through an EVP, uh, literally directly after it came through the spirit box as well. It was pretty pretty cool. That's one of them. To be honest with you, I I don't know what my favorite EVPs are because they every single one of them has a special place in my heart because they fascinate me because it's it's so fascinating to think about that as a spirit we have no brain we have no voice how are we able to do these things to be able to project our voice onto these these devices so that other people can hear us. And it's not like we're just hearing a whisper. We're hearing vocal tones and things through the EVPs. And I just find that so fascinating. So it's so hard to point out three specific ones, but definitely hearing your name through a, a, a spirit box or EVP, mm-hmm. I mean, will blow your mind completely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's happened to me too before several times. And it just, you're right. It's a phenomenal feeling. It's like they know you're there. And and you're right, you know, like in these EVPs, what I've experienced anyways is that you hear the emotion. You know, I've had I've 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 ca- captured babies crying. I've heard a distressed child say, "Mama." I've I've, you yeah. know, it's and then you hear like the more warnings, the, you know, like in Waverly, I had I was told several times, get out of here, go home, don't let this happen to you, you know, and so it is neat yeah. that you get all these emotions in the spirit world, yeah. too. And so, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling for sure. But AJ, thank you so very much for being on. I really did have a great time chatting with you. And you had so much to share so many heartwarming and not so heartwarming encounters with the paranormal and supernatural. I would like to leave you one last one, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So my grandfather, my grandmother's house that was really active after he died, I said things got a little bit more active. This recently just happened in 2012. And when he passed away, we stood around his bed at the hospital and I looked up at God and I prayed to him with holding everyone's hand and I asked, please allow him to come back and give us each one last message to know that he's all right and that he has made it to the other side. Mm. And after I asked that question, weeks to come, everybody started to receive something, a visit in a dream, something like the phone ringing and it just going to static. Um, The thing that happened to me and my grandmother, I was laying in bed um, in North Haven, Connecticut, nowhere near the shore, nowhere near any kind of pigeon or anything like that kind of bird. Well, it's like 8 o'clock at night. The sun's completely down. All of a sudden, I hear knocking on my window. Mm. And I come over to the window, and there's a pigeon at my window. And the pigeon's knocking like crazy. All of a sudden, I get a flashback that comes through my mind that takes my vision away. And I see my grandfather and me standing outside of a corner store in New Haven. And I was watching these young kids throw rocks at pigeons and then knock the pigeons out, put them in a bag, and... Probably bring them home and eat them or whatever. Yeah, very sad. 
but the memory reminded me of my grandfather because my grandfather told me, yes, they actually take those birds home and they eat them. And I remembered that. So when I saw this bird, this flashback came, and I said, oh, my God, here's my sign. So I was like, okay. I, I literally opened the window like a, like a madman, and the screen was shot, and the bird's sitting there, and I'm like, pop, stay right here. I need to go get Grandma. She needs to see this. You know, this bird sat there the entire time while I got my grandmother. She walked up the uh. stairs. Now, my grandma is seven years old, so she takes a minute to get up the stairs. Yeah. This bird sat there behind the screen. So my grandmother got to the room with me. I'm like, Grandma, I'm going to open the window. I was like, don't worry. The bird's not going to fly in. He just wants to see you for a minute, and he's going to leave. She got a little nervous because the cat was there, but the cat was fine. I opened the window. The bird walked in. She was able to put her head right on the right on the windowsill where the bird was. The bird didn't move, just stared her right in the eyes. She got mm. to say, I love you, I miss you. And when she was done talking, the bird backed up, didn't take his eyes off her, backed up. I shut the window. He hopped onto the, the roof. I turned to my grandmother for a second to say something. I turned back. The bird was completely gone. And then a couple weeks later after that, my, I went out to a friend's house, and while I was gone, my grandmother went to go move the car into the garage, and she was having a bad day, and she was upset about my grandfather, and she started to cry to her Mother Mary picture while I wasn't home. So after she was done crying, and she went outside to move the car, and all of a sudden she heard a noise when she moved the car into the garage. She thought somebody was in the garage, so she ran inside. She locked the door. She called me. I came running home. She goes, Anthony. She goes, somebody's in the garage. You need to go in there, and you need to check I said, Graham, no, I said, no problem. You hit the button. I'll come around the front and I'll corner them in there. Somebody's in there. I opened the door. Would you not believe that that bird was sitting on top of the car and the bird would not leave until my grandmother came outside and told it it was okay to leave? The same bird that was on the window that day stood because she was crying in front of a picture. And the same bird was on her car. And that was what made the noise that scared her. And she didn't know what it was. And the bird stayed there and wouldn't leave. I wouldn't let me grab it. Wouldn't let me do nothing. And the minute she said, Anthony, that was my grandfather's name because I was named after him. She goes, Anthony, it's okay. I'm okay now. You could leave. And the bird literally looked like he nodded at her and he flew away. It was the craziest thing. And I, one of the craziest things I'll never forget. Oh, well, I'm so glad you shared that last one. I That just warms my heart. And that is so incredible. What a great feeling that here you requested this very specific thing. Like, please give us all signs that you're okay, you know, and yeah. you, you each have your own throughout the weeks to come and you get yours and then you share that with your grandma and they had this intense yeah. moment. And then, you know, he comes back when he sees that she's distraught and that that is just so precious. That's that's very yeah, sweet. It was amazing. I, I, I still can't believe it. And I still, to this day, I think about it every day, just reminding myself, you know? Yeah. No, that's, so. that's very special. I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you shared that one and all the others too. And so AJ, thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much for being on. It was such a pleasure. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like I said, everything you do, I'm in school for this right now. So I'm learning all about what you do. And it's not easy work, so I, I definitely, uh, I definitely praise you and keep going. You guys are awesome. You are awesome, and I just appreciate everything you did for me today, allowing me to come on, share my story, 
share a little bit about my paranormal group. I just appreciate it a lot and uh, much love. And you're always welcome in Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What a neat guy for sure. I had a great time talking with AJ as I do all my guests. They each bring something different to the old paranormal and supernatural table. And I can't get enough of it. And I know you can't either. I think it's phenomenal that AJ has had so many encounters with loved ones, his grandpas, and just so many other people. And I think that's awesome. And I think it's neat when people open up and get to share and talk about those special, unique moments. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others, you guys. They're equally awesome. Haven't heard every single episode yet? No. No need to cry, my friends. Just head on over to any podcast platform such as Overcast, Podcast Addict, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcast. Basically, wherever you venture to listen to your other podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends. Want a reminder when the new episodes are up and available? Subscribe now. This week's special city shoutouts go out to Park Hampstead, Connecticut, Osijek, Croatia, St. Catharines, Canada, Billings, Montana, and Woodland Park, Colorado. And just a side note here, you guys, as we release this on May 8th, it is AJ's birthday. So a huge happy birthday to AJ. What was that? You want me to sing to him? Yes! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear AJ Capasso! Happy birthday to you! Now let me ask you again. Do you want me to sing to AJ? No! (laughs) See you guys next week.